0: You're listening to the coffee hour. I'm Eddie Bates. Sarah's away today. She'll be back with us soon. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at CUW.edu. Live uncommon. We have some updates to share with you today on recent disasters. Joining us in studio this morning, the Reverend Dr. Ross Johnson, Director of LCMS Disaster Response. Dr. Johnson, thanks for joining us in studio today. Good morning. Also with us on the phone, the Reverend Eric Johnson, president of the LCMS Southern District. President Johnson, thanks for joining us on the phone.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, its uh, it's been a challenging, well, a couple of years and more so in the, the last few weeks, very difficult as well, uh, particularly in the uh, the wake of Hurricane Ida and the, the just all the challenges that that brought with it. Um, President Johnson, how were the communities or what communities were impacted in your district by this recent hurricane?
1: Sure. So um, Hurricane Ida came ashore uh, at the the point of of louisiana as a 150 mile an hour uh, category four hurricane there were a couple of readings from boats that were offshore that had gusts up to 175 miles an hour so put it right at a cat five and it was a high cat four coming in Uh, directly in the path of that was our most southern uh, congregation which is grace in homa louisiana and they received category four winds uh, over 110 miles an hour. Hour, almost all of the roofs when we went and visited uh, in the area, you know, had shingles ripped off. The facade, brick facade at the front of the church building uh, collapsed outward, Uh, lots and lots of tree damage. And then it it continued to move north and then turned a little bit east. So New Orleans area was greatly affected, and then it continued up north through Baton Rouge uh, and then turning and and going uh, going further east. So we had a a tremendous amount of of wind damage. Thankfully, it's a fast-moving storm. It was going about 16 miles an hour. And so we didn't have the flooding that we saw with with Katrina. Even though this storm was, was more powerful than Katrina, uh, but we had a lot of wind damage. New Orleans, uh, parts of New Orleans are still without power, um, and uh, parts of the North Shore on the on the North Shore of Lake Pontchartrain, where I live, also have areas without power, and that's rapidly being you know put back together. But we had a lot of uh, trees on homes. We have a lot of uh, roof damage with uh, with congregations. And people that evacuated from the New Orleans and and from the west bank of the Mississippi River further south from New Orleans. uh, Pastors that are still out have not been able to get in because of some of the the tree damage and the power outages. And they're just now returning for us to be able to get a a good survey of uh, damage to congregation buildings, church buildings, and also to... um, congregation members and, and their community so the southern district is is doing uh, we we do flood abatement we you know we go in and muck out homes and tear out drywall so that contractors can come in and and, and recover from floods we also do tree removal so we're, we're going out now and removing trees that are on people's homes trees that are blocking folks roads and, and that kind of thing so it was a very devastating <coughs> excuse me very devastating storm
0: how were how, how the communities along the Gulf Coast prepared for Hurricane Ida? Have, have previous storms, you know, do we learn more with each experience and, and each storm? Were they, were they prepared? I, I know you can never be prepared for such a disaster, but uh, have past experiences helped them prepare for this?
1: Yeah, we, we, we've done a really good job of, of constantly getting information into the hands of our congregations and encouraging people to be uh, prepared to be able to take care of themselves for, you know, a, a week after a, a devastating storm, but also to prepare to be able to, to take and serve their, their neighbor as well. And so some of our congregations have done a better job than, than others. Some of our people have done better jobs than others, and, and each storm we learn, and, and thank thankfully you know in uh, in partnership with with LCMs disaster response and and uh, uh Ross Johnson you know we are looking strategically to set up uh uh Areas that, uh, that that congregations that would be able to house uh, volunteer camps, and we would be able to put uh, supplies and things there, so that we're having a little bit quicker response. And then, so we've we've been increasing that capacity, but it really is up to the the individual to be able to be prepared to take care of themselves for at least a week. Um, I've I've increased my capacity every year, and and I can take care of myself and my family and serve some of my neighbors uh, with food and water for about three weeks at at this point Um, and we've seen with this storm that's been a necessary thing Wow
0: what are some of the reports you've received from congregations and pastors regarding the impact on their communities
1: yeah so you know one one of the the biggest things has been the, the impact of not having electricity and I, I've spent a good deal of, of the last four days traveling around and delivering uh, generators and fuel and water and particularly to, to elderly uh, members and to uh, elderly folks that, that our members know who are at higher risk especially from the heat and so uh, you know getting folks set up with uh, with window units so that we can run off of a generator so they can have a room that, that is cool especially when you're older, disabled, you know that that kind of thing, uh, and then doing regular supply runs to keep gasoline. Because when you have a major hurricane, the the gasoline uh, supply gets cut off because of the lack of electricity, and so that that becomes a real issue. So, outlying areas, we go uh, fill up tanks in the back of my truck, and then I go and, and, and deliver this to be able to keep folks uh, having uh, uh, special air conditioning so they can sleep at, at night. You know, that's a huge thing. But, yeah, the power poles were, you know, um, <clears throat> 24,000 power poles in New Orleans were damaged. Um, you know, so they're, they're, they've been without power. That was a, a huge impact, and then also food and, and water as well. So we've got a, a number of, uh, of our ministries in the southern district uh, uh, forged uh, in fire is, is one out of, uh, of the village Lutheran Church in Lacombe, Louisiana, and they, they have fed uh, this past week about 5,000 people. They have a feeding ministry. And then we have smaller feeding ministries with, with trailers that can go and cook and barbecue and that stuff. And so these folks have been deployed as well.
0: So share with us more about how congregations are preparing to serve their communities following this disaster.
1: Yeah, so we, we've got congregations that are opening up their uh, uh, when, when the church building when we either have generator power for air conditioning or when power comes on in those areas they, they have opened up their uh, their church buildings to the community to be able to come in and uh, charge their cell phones be able to get uh, um, you know something cold to drink and something to eat and then be able to have uh, air conditioning we've got a few congregations uh, in, in New Orleans that have opened their doors and are allowing people People in the community that are impacted by the storm to come and, and sleep, uh, you know, in the uh, in the sanctuary, sleep in the, the education you know wing. Um, it, it's it's fairly primitive, but it's a lot better than being out in the heat in the in the humidity, especially for our, our elderly and, and, and very very young who are at high risk for the the heat that uh, that, that happens. Um, also, our congregations are are supporting our feeding ministries, and then as uh, what our what our goal is is to get the uh, the pastor up and running so that, that the caretaker has been taken care of so he can care for his flock, get the, get the congregation up and running so that they can then serve their community on an ongoing basis. And so as we do that, you know, we, we will continue to be involved in this for months and months and months to, to come and our capacity for our congregations to be able to serve their community just continues to increase as we have more volunteers coming in, as we have more material coming in and this thing really kind of starts to to roll so our, our congregations are doing a great job of, uh, of, of you know serving their community with just basic needs right now
0: Ross what are the ways that LCMS disaster response partners with districts and, and congregations like the Southern District,
2: Yeah, one thing that we do is we always work out of LCMS congregations, and we're there for the long term. (laughs) After a hurricane, there's a lot of organizations that come in for a couple of days or a few weeks, and they Mm -hmm. do wonderful, very helpful work. But when we come in, we help for months and months, cutting down trees, changing people's lives, uh, preaching the gospel, talking to them about the hope that comes Mm -hmm. from a relationship with Christ. And we do everything out of our Lutheran congregations. One of the things that we're going to be doing is uh, cutting trees down for people. And people might think at first, cutting trees, what kind of a help is that? (laughs) Well, if you live in the South South, and uh, you understand how much it is after a disaster to cut trees down, it's an enormous uh, help to these communities. Uh, Last year, we had an estimate of a church worker that he got $18,500 to take the trees off of his roof and around his property. We came in in a day and a half and removed all of those trees for free. Everything that we do when we're working through congregations in the district there in the Southern District is for free, and it's done in the name of Christ. We don't charge any hurricane victim any money. And when people say, well, why are you doing this? We say, well— God has done so much for us and blessed us in so many different ways. We just want to be a blessing to you. They don't have to be Christians. They don't have to be Lutherans. We just want to be a blessing. And it really changes the narrative, the narrative that so many unchurched people have, that Christians, all the many people only know what the news tells them of Christians because they haven't stepped foot in a church. Many people don't even know a Christian personally or have a close friend. Mm. And so when uh, a disaster happens and there's devastation, That church has an opportunity to go into the lives of somebody that may have never been to a church and to be a blessing to them. And all that's done in the name of Christ, free of charge to any homeowner.
0: President Johnson, what are the next steps and and what support is needed now and looking forward?
1: Yes. So right now we, we've uh, our our disaster response coordinator, Ed Brazier, uh, is, is on scene, been on scene since last week, setting up two volunteer camps, one at the district office in Slidell, Louisiana, and one at uh, Atonement in Metairie, Louisiana, which is you know close in proximity to uh, to New Orleans area and uh, we're we're setting up these volunteer camps we have alert uh, teams which are our Lutheran emergency response teams that have been trained on how to do the the chainsaw work and and uh, to be able to manage that that's a big dangerous job and then we'll be bringing in volunteers behind them to be able to clear out the debris and the, and the trees that they cut also sending out crews to be able to go into homes that have been flooded when a home is flooded you have to clean out All of the muck and the debris, and then you have to cut the uh, the drywall out and rip the drywall out so that contractors can come in and and, uh, and replace it and That's a big job for homeowners as well like like Ross had said the the work for doing just uh, just the tree removal you know we, we've got guys coming around to people's homes and charging them you know five thousand dollars to remove a couple of trees in their front yard, uh, charging twenty thousand dollars to remove a tree that's on a roof and we're going in and uh, and and doing that and doing it absolutely you know free and doing other restorative work as well as as a work of the of the gospel and so we're we're setting up our our uh, camps and then we're going to begin to start bringing volunteers in. We'll have that system set up by the end of this week. And, uh, and, and, and again, as Ross said, we're here long term. We've got people that, that came in immediately and they've been doing a great job, but they will be leaving in a week. Uh, we, we will be here for months. months afterwards continuing to do this kind of work Uh, and and it's and it's vital the the trees have to be removed from people's homes they can't get their homes uh, you know uh, sealed up and and watertight they can't get contractors to come in and work on them until those trees are removed and that's a big thing that that we do in these storms because these winds knock over thousands and thousands of trees and and we've got hundreds of people with trees on on homes or, or or on vehicles and that kind of stuff so we're setting up to, to do flood relief, uh, tree relief, and, and <clears throat> food and water.
0: What's your advice to those who say, how can we help? I, I want to
1: help. Yeah, really, the, the, you, know, you, you can go to uh, lcms.org and on their disaster response page, you can sign up to be a volunteer. Uh, and uh, we we can we we have churches that come down and volunteer. We're setting up uh, dormitories right now where we can house people, and they can come for a day, a weekend, a week, and uh, and volunteer to be able to help. We have our disaster response coordinator on scene, and he will plug people into jobs. And so you know they, they can just come down and be ready to to go to work. We have all the equipment for them, and then also to be able to give financially. These things are very very expensive, so the the District last year, we had four hurricanes that, that hit us and three named tropical storms that hit us. Two of the hurricanes were major hurricanes. And, and alone, just the district, we, we expensed almost $300,000 in, uh, um, paying for the, uh, the, the volunteer camps, paying for restoration, and then helping congregations pay the, the huge insurance deductibles and the deductibles for all of our, our pastors. And so it's very, very, very expensive to, uh, to, you know, run a, a disaster relief like this. And so once again, folks can go to lcms.org and on disaster response, uh, they can give to LCMS. They can also go to Southern lcms.org and click on our disaster response and they can they can give uh, financially to help through there as well and uh you know with the partnership between the senate disaster response and, and the district uh you know the the money flows to be able to pay for this and and when the money comes to the district 100 percent of that goes directly to disaster response you know so it's, it's going directly to help those that are the most impacted
0: Ross, do you want to add anything to that?
2: Yeah, the website is lcms.org slash disaster. Once again, that's lcms.org slash disaster.
0: Very good, very good. My guest this morning, the Reverend Eric Johnson, President, LCMS Southern District. President Johnson, thanks for joining us on the Coffee Hour today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, the Lord's blessings to you all. Thank you.
0: We have more to talk about with the Reverend Dr. Ross Johnson, Director of LCMS Disaster Response on the Coffee Hour here in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Sarah's away today. We are discussing uh, LCMS disaster response in responding to the recent hurricane and uh, also... We're going to head to, uh, to uh, Haiti and talk about the, um, the recent earthquake there as well. In studio today with me, the Reverend Dr. Ross Johnson, Director, LCMS Disaster Response. Dr. Johnson, um, you recently were able to visit Haiti following the, the recent earthquake. Um, describe for us the, the severity of the, uh, this earthquake.
2: Thank you. Last week, I was in Haiti for four days. In 2010, there was a devastating earthquake. It was Mm -hmm. a 7.0, and it was right in the heart of the capital, devastating losses of life. Some estimates were as high as 200,000 people. This earthquake was more powerful, but thankfully, it was... Outside of the capital, so you didn't have that dense population that you had Mm -hmm. in Port-au-Prince. But it was a stronger earthquake, and it did uh, cause many deaths. Well over 2,200 people have been reported as dead, unfortunately. And uh, tens of thousands of structures have been partially Mm -hmm. damaged or completely collapsed. So this has been life-altering. The part of, part of Haiti that was affected the most was the part on the southern peninsula. It's the same exact location that five years ago in 2016, Hurricane Matthew devastated that whole community. We went around uh, rebuilding churches that had wind damage, flood damage, but also pastor's homes. I know the area well, and that's been very helpful with this response because uh that's also an area that we have a lot of Lutheran congregations, a lot of pastors. We have about three dozen Lutheran congregations uh, that are in the area, and it's a very remote area, and so it's difficult to get to a lot of these areas. I was able, able to survey about seven different churches, and uh, we're going to be rebuilding completely three of those churches over the next four months. So this is a significant event. Unfortunately, it hasn't made the news because the news has been talking only about Afghanistan. Well, it feels like it's only about Afghanistan. So a lot of the the need that's going on in Haiti has just been completely overlooked by the global population and the news media because of other events in the news.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You mentioned previous disasters, uh, an earthquake in 2010, hurricane in 2016. How has the church um, recovered from these disasters in the past, you mentioned, you know, after this earthquake, earthquake rebuilding at least three of the church buildings. Um, how is the the church doing since all these disasters?
2: One wonderful thing that happened last week is the leadership of the Lutheran Church in Haiti, our partner church, the partner church of the LCMS in Haiti, they all got together and we're working collaboratively. We have an action plan that we developed, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we are all part of the assessment team. We're working in unison together. And the, the the men there are men of faith. Uh, they understand that the Christian life is a life that's a life that's under the cross, where we have our own desires for life, and then there's the desires of living, or the the, the results of living in a broken world, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it brings to mind the Bible verse from Psalm 23: "Yea, though I walk through the valley to the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me." And it's a the comfort that comes in that isn't that you're in the valley uh, in this life, but it's that word through that God is getting us through. He's constantly guiding us. He's leading us. He is our good shepherd. We look to Him. He's got the staff. He's got um, the comfort that we. If we look to this world and the brokenness of this world, and that's our only hope, then we are people that are are without any comfort. But we know as Christians that there's something greater than this world. And our hope isn't just a hope like, oh, I hope I win the lottery. Our hope is a sure confidence that God is with us, that God loves us, that God has saved us, that he has washed our sins away, and that we have heaven waiting for us. What is the place that God really truly has designed for us, not the brokenness of this world. So as Lutherans in the Lutheran Church in Haiti, they understand this. They understand that we don't put all of our eggs in the basket of this world. Uh, that we realize that there's something bigger and greater, and this is the blessing of a Christian response in a time of tragedy. Because there's so many great organizations that do helpful work: the Red Cross, uh, FEMA, the UN. Uh, it depends uh, if you're talking domestically or internationally. And they 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 help a lot of people, but they don't do that work in the name of Christ. The Lutheran Church in Haiti that we're we're supporting. Is doing everything in the name of Christ, and then connecting the message and the promises of Christ, even in the brokenness of this world. Mm-hmm. So, all of our response work is being done through Lutheran congregations in the uh, in uh, the affected parts of Haiti.
0: Mm. How has COVID complicated the the? Response to this disaster?
2: The way that I see COVID re- affecting the response is primarily a lack of volunteers, a lack of, of organizations that are going down into Haiti and, and helping the people. That's not slowing us down uh, insofar as we are working with NGOs and RSOs that are making these rebuilds, uh, food distribution possible. We're going to be feeding 300,000 meals on that southern peninsula uh, of Haiti within the next two, two to three months. Uh, We're going to be putting in deep water wells so people have clean water. We're going to be doing medical clinics in different remote villages that are hard for people to get to. Every single family almost has been affected by this earthquake in that southern peninsula. Either they have lost everything, they've lost their house, or their loved ones, or maybe they lost their business. But somehow this is affecting and stretching everybody. So people that are already impoverished... Uh, Before the earthquake, they're now trying to figure out do I spend the little tiny bit of resources I have on food or do I spend it on essential medication or do I now have to rebuild a shelter to keep my family out of the wind and the rain and the elements? So -hmm. we're coming alongside and saying, what can we do to be a blessing to you?
0: Next steps with just about a minute and a half. Next steps, uh, what's needed uh, moving forward?
2: Probably the best way that people can be supporting the work in Haiti because it's very difficult to get volunteers in is to be able to financially help the rebuilding of these churches, the food distribution, the medical clinics that we're doing across the affected areas of Haiti. And the best place to go to for that is lcms.org slash disaster. There's a give now button and you can give to whatever amount that you would like to contribute. But lcms.org slash disaster is really the best place to find out more information, more news. Uh, Maybe it could be an event that your church could sponsor, um, a fundraising kind of event. Uh, But there's many ways that people can help financially and also through prayers. Uh, The people in Haiti definitely need our prayers.
0: Indeed, indeed. Uh, and, and we can, is that a good place to go, lcms.org slash disaster, to stay up on what LCMS Disaster Response is doing, or, or are there other places we can Absolutely. check Absolutely.
2: We're working all throughout the world. Uh, LCMS.org doesn't only uh, help churches in the United States, but we really do it globally. Also, we have a Facebook site, which is LCMS Disaster Response. And you can search on Facebook, LCMS Disaster Response. You can like it and you'll see updates that we're putting on facebook
0: very good my guest today the reverend dr ross johnson director for lcms disaster response thanks so much for joining me in studio today thank you you've been listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates